This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 25th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. In the wake of the meltdown of the subprime mortgage market, what lessons should we have learned from the regulation that followed the collapse of Enron and WorldCom? Regulations like Sarbanes-Oxley have left U.S. capital markets much less competitive worldwide. That according to Cato Institute Chairman William Niskanen. He says if Congress hasn't learned its lesson, there could be more regulation of capital markets afoot. We overreact to whatever is the financial crisis at the moment. Uh, Sarbanes actually probably wouldn't have happened if it had not been for the collapse of WorldCom in the summer of 2002. I think the the primary evidence for what uh, is going wrong as a consequence of Sarbanes Oxley is that American corporations have become far too much risk averse. Uh, that is uh, indicated by three phenomena: is that the the price earnings ratio has dropped more or less continuously since the Sarbanes-Oxley was drafted in the spring of 2002, which means that people are w- unwilling to pay any more. They're, in fact, willing to pay less for any given expected stream of earnings than was the case before. And second, there are two important studies just released this summer that look specifically at the risk behavior of firms that are subject to Sarbanes-Oxley and ones that are not. And it's quite clear that just in the last few years, American corporations have become far too risk-averse. That will ultimately prove to be, I think, the major problem of Sarbanes-Oxley. With the meltdown of the subprime mortgage market and the residual effects of that meltdown, there is a move afoot in Congress to tighten regulations on mortgage brokers, or in fact, the entire mortgage industry. First of all, how well stated is the impact of the subprime collapse on the larger market? Well, it's too early to tell in a way, in the sense that there's been relatively little effect on the total market, uh, total American market. Now, part of that is because the American market has become uh, quite resistant to problems in particular sectors. We have observed more than a doubling of oil prices. We've observed a, a big drop in the housing market, for example, and still moderately high economic growth. So it has become a good bit less resistant to that. Now, there is a policy question of whether the Federal Reserve, for example, should respond to conditions in particular markets like the housing market. The general understanding by monetary economists now is that it should not, although the the Federal Reserve has recently reduced their uh, federal funds rate by one-half percentage point, more than people expected, presumably in in response to the the, uh, problems in the housing market. Nonetheless, there is this push since earlier this year to fight for more regulation of mortgage brokers and other aspects of the mortgage market. In fact, Barney Frank, the chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, recently wrote, as capital markets continue to become more globally integrated and complex, we must modernize our own regulatory tools. It is certain that a truly 21st century regulatory structure must include sophisticated multilateral initiatives as well. We must join with other countries to craft oversight and regulatory responses that are as global as the financial marketplace. A new race to the bottom by firms seeking to escape national regulation would not be good for any of us. What do you believe that he's talking about? Well, he is trying to make sure that we have a monopoly regulation in the sense that people cannot avoid our regulation because other countries have agreed to it. That would be a dreadful idea. Uh, I think that the capital, uh, the capital's primary way to protect itself is to try to seek a, 
a more friendly uh, regulatory environment. Now, I think that this whole subprime issue has been greatly overstated. Banks don't want to foreclose on mortgages. They don't make any money foreclosing on mortgages. They want to, uh, uh, they want to avoid the delinquencies in the first place, and they make every kinds of effort to avoid uh, foreclosing by stretching out the period of delinquency and by adjusting the interest rates and so forth. Now, what has happened in this particular case is that the subprime uh, subprime mortgages were, in, in fact, an invention by the mortgage community to try to make mortgages available to people with a poor credit record and for poor people. It was moderately successful in that regard. Now, the problem that has developed now is that the fact that some of these mortgages have gone under, the mortgage lenders are being regarded as the villain. And the whole idea of predatory lending has been invented. There is no formal definition of predatory lending. It's, uh, the whole idea has been invented, and the mortgage brokers are somehow at fault of that, not the people who may have misrepresented their income or their employment status and so forth. So the, the lenders have been regarded as the villain. Now, at the same time, the lenders are now being subject to threatened regulation, and the borrowers are... Have uh, are are going to be subsidized. The House just last week passed a measure that would increase the uh, mortgages that the Federal Housing Administration can insure from 362,000 to 500,000, so they can insure bigger and bigger mortgages. And second, they can insure mortgages that have no down payment. So this whole housing bubble is a consequence of people investing too much in housing, in part because the, the, because, uh, the prospect of housing prices going up. So the federal government has responded by making it easier to borrow more money uh, in the housing market and with no down payment. This is, this is a, a bailout of the, of the lenders in this case, both existing and prospective lenders in the future. And at the same time, they're thinking about uh, 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 subjecting the uh, bar the lenders to uh, various kinds of federal regulation and maybe international regu regulation. I think that this is a major mistake. I I don't I think we're going to get through this without any significant uh, effect on the total economy. We'll have maybe a couple of weak quarters to the total economy, but um, what what has happened is primarily a drop in housing prices, and that doesn't show up in the uh, GDP numbers. It doesn't show up in the aggregate price index for the most part. Uh, and uh, when we've had some drop in housing starts, and that does show up in GDP, but it is still uh, not a, that large in a part of the economy. So I think we're going to get through this without a major economic effect. I think the major cost of this whole episode is that we may learn the wrong lessons from the fact that we have gone through a couple of bubbles now. And uh, in, each, in each case, we have uh, the Federal Reserve has financed the bubbles in the first place and then um, had to overcorrect to uh, get out of the bubble. And in this particular case, uh, this housing bubble has been financed by, by credit that was too easy in the period from 2001 to date. And now, for the first time, uh, we're seeing some eff effects of that. Uh, as of last fall, for example, all of the concern by the by the by the uh, business press uh, 
was on the consequences of Sarbanes-Oxley with no talk about the prospective mortgage problem. And that's, that's less than a year ago. And, and now the mortgage problem is the major problem. I think we'll get through it. The problem is that we're very likely to overreact to it uh, with bad regulation and bad behavior by the Federal Reserve and bad behavior by the Federal Housing Administration uh, and possibly bad legislation. William Niskanen is the chairman of the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You may send any comments to cbrown at cato.org.